You're hearing the sounds of a street in India. For Yotsna, a 65-year-old lady, sounds were all she had. She developed cataracts that in Ireland are easily treated. But because she couldn't see, she was abandoned by her family. People like Yotsna are the reason Specsavers support the Hope Foundation, an amazing charity who restored her sight. And when she could see again, they also found her place to live. Find out how we're changing people's lives for the better at specsavers.ie. Was the Atlantic waves to a home in Tennessee And I left behind me the girl I love She's the Rose of Castlereagh Hello there, it's Michael Lester here and thank you indeed for joining me. Now, I am here in the Shamrock Lodge Hotel in Athlone and when you consider all the well-known people who come from this part of the world then surely Brendan Shine has to be up at the top of that list. Brendan has been a success in the music business for more than 50 years, still going strong. And I am delighted to say he is sitting opposite me right now. Brendan, fantastic to see you. Uh, great to be here with you. This is in your territory, by the way, Athlone and, and the, these general environs. That's right. Yeah. I'm right on the, you're right here in the centre of Ireland. I just always say in the centre of Ireland. On the banks of the Shannon, by the shores of Loch Ree, and I have songs to prove that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is my home area, even though I wasn't born here. I was born actually in Port Arlington. Uh, uh, back in 1947, my dad worked over there as a board, as, as a transport foreman of board in Mona. And but I was only there. I was born in 47, but we came back to the home farm in 1950. So I spent all my life since 1950 here in in, in the home place, which is just out the road, about three and a half miles on the Ballinasloe Road, the western side of Atlone, a place called Keely. That's where I come from. Yeah, I know it well. Um, <laughs> Look at the, the the music business is what you're known for, of course. But you very much, as you just mentioned, there started off like in the farming community. I did indeed. Yeah, I was. I was. Um, my dad was working at the time, and I looked after the farm. And uh, you know, one of the things that time was we live on the banks of the Shannon here, and we have that lovely moory peatland. We've upland as well, but you know, fellas got into growing vegetables, and uh, yeah. one of the big things around here was the carrots. Yeah. And the carrots, if you look behind me now, look up there, you're up to a place called Clanown. And of course, I had a song about the carrots in Clanown. But the reason is that the fact that they were, that they were grown in this environment was there were lovely straight down carrots. The, the, the carrots that were grown up in mead had these fingers off them and the all things. Yeah. And we had the environment for growing them. And uh, they became very, very popular on the Dublin market. This is before the EU or anything like that. And loads of farmers around here, including myself, got into them. And uh, I spent the first couple of years... Uh, of my farming life uh, selling carrots in the Dublin market yeah amazing yeah, amazing yeah. I remember I made my first record I, I had a load of carrots and we, we did a we did a record out in, out in uh, Pine, Pinewood Studios in Bray yeah, that was the only place that was available yeah. I think and I, I remember walking up to the security hut or driving up the security hut and your man said what are you what are you doing here and I said I'm going to make a record he's what have you on I have a load of carrots on so <laughs> it didn't make sense but I did get in yeah. <laughs> he probably just wanted to get rid of you yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, how did you get into the music business? I my my dad played music. And yes. My dad my dad had a little band, and out here about a mile or two out the road in Summerhill, there was a country maypole, which was an afternoon, an evening open air dancing, and I used to play with my dad there, and. Um, 
Uh, you know, I was, you know, it was mainly dance music we did, Perry Como stuff, you know, yeah. uh, Kenny Rogers in the early days, you know, Frank Sinatra types of Michael Holiday and all that kind of popular music before the show, and before Elvis, really, yeah. Elvis and the Beatles just come. But yeah. um, then I got a job with a local Kelly band. Uh, I was offered a job to sing with a local Kelly band, and that was it. I took me, I took the job. Yeah. I hooked it and away with them. I remember uh, one of my first professional jobs was with Kieran Kelly's Kelly band. We went on a tour of England yeah. for six weeks of Lent. I remember going home to my mother. Uh, I was at school and the man came, Kieran came and he knocked on the window and he said, the singers have to let me down. Would you come? I have, to, I have nobody to, to go. So I remember going home and got ready, which I normally would be playing doing the gigs with them. So my mother didn't mind. But then when I was leaving, uh, she said, when will you be back? Yeah. And I, I said, I, I waited I was near the gate and I said I won't be back for six weeks Yeah. so there was absolutely murder that was the end of the school that was the end of everything and I had to I had to my father and my mother said well you'll have to You'll have to foot, foot your own canoe yeah. now. You'll have to, you'll have to do, do what, do with yourself. So uh, I had to, I had to became, I became a professional entertainer then from that. It's interesting that because <clears throat> I, I can hear that story from so many well-known musicians yeah. down through the years. I was talking to Tommy and Jimmy Swarbrick right. recently, and they were saying Tommy was saying the same thing. He got a job playing the trumpet for Joe mm. Dolan. Yeah. His father, who was a musician, didn't mm. want him to go. He says you're too young. No, but the mother said. Do you know what? If that's what you want to do, go yeah, for it. That's it. Yeah. And I had to do that. And I just as before we came in here, I, I, I think of all the people that, that went to school with me, like, and one of my, a, a local man came up to me there and said, you know, a school pal who was being buried in London tomorrow, mm. he went on to be one of the finest engineers uh, over in Britain and designed a lot of the great motorways and that, but and was, he was a pure genius in that kind of thing. So I suppose those people thought when I was going into the music business and they were going on to follow good careers as well yeah. he won't last too long anyway so it's amazing how the turns and, and tilts in life you know yeah what what would you reckon was your first big break if you like because you could, as you said you could go along being a journeyman like nearly forever at the thing but, right. but what was the, the thing that moved Brendan Shine forward that other step well two things I suppose uh, a record and management I, yeah. was, I was tipping along there uh, doing my own thing and uh, I would probably be at that for the rest of my life but I met I met a man I had a, I had recorded a record called uh, O'Brien is No Place to Go back in 1970 and I met a man called Noel Carty who became my manager and uh, through through the good record and through good management uh, I had a number one hit inside of you know inside of a year yeah. and from there on it was only a matter of getting your head down good management good thinking you know I did all the music end of it planning the hits planning the songs and that but I, I would put it down to two things of course you have to be able to sing as well yeah. <laughs> and play yeah uh, but um, I think that the the, 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 the the hit point the point that, that that started all off was probably good management and getting airplay and, and them days and getting into the charts which is totally different now but that was the thing to do then and uh, I, I I got on that and we worked on that and uh, that helped it was I suppose you were also there at a time when there was more if I might put it more acceptance for different musical styles than than you get now because it, it, it's harder to kind of crack that formula if you like that's my thoughts on it anyway. Well, I think it was a lot tougher because we had only one chart yeah. in Ireland. Yeah. We had a, a one ballroom in each town or something like a marquee. So there was no internet. There was very little television. There was very little. So the people who like pop music or like rock music, 
they had to put up with a, with a country band every second week and the people who like country had to put up with a pop band every yeah. second week when I went into the charts with, with you know with my first one I, I, I was number one for three weeks and number two was Tina Charles like yeah. so you were competing with, with, with the world music yeah. you know whereas nowadays you have country charts jazz charts pop charts rock charts indie charts you know everything has its own place now and plus the fact that the people around the country uh, will say nowadays the young people it, they don't have to go anywhere to look for the music to the local ballroom or to the local market they can just hit it on the finger and they bring up what they like yeah. the music of their choice which is a lot easier for them now that's very true actually yeah, yeah that's a very good point um, you've had so many hits actually I understand that you've had more hits in Ireland than the Beatles had in Ireland. Well, Larry Gogan, uh, who was Larry Gogan, who was the statistic man, so yeah. always claimed that. Now I don't know whether that has changed or not. But you if, know, if Larry I know that it, it's I, true. I, I'm looking at a magazine here with Joe Dolan yeah. and and Joe used to said that Shane had more tracks than Iron Road Iron. He said because <laughs> so, I constantly recorded. Yeah, I recorded I recorded uh, an album every year for nearly 50 years, and I recorded about three singles came off them during the yeah. year so up to about 10 years ago I, I recorded you know an awful lot of music and it's there and the music a lot of it believe it or not a lot of the music has stood the test of time sure. and yeah. is and, and has me still working yeah. on still, which is which is a nice thing a nice thing to a nice thing to get out of it like you know you know we've had these we've had these records that said you've sold so many records and the golden discs and silver discs and everything but you know one of the greatest uh, um, one of the greatest things of all was I was listening to late well I wasn't at, I was I was away on tour but somebody told me that Dermot O'Leary from the X Factor was on the Late Late Show one night and he said that his favourite song was a song called Brendan Shine singing Catch Me If You Can My Name yeah. Is Dan it was number one in his book so that meant more to me I than than, than a lot of other things because it meant that somebody a man of his category would sit down and listen to something I know he came to my concert when he was when he was a young fella and sure he was always an out and out fan of the Irish kind of but uh, to, to think that somebody showed that little bit of appreciation meant an awful lot sure very proud of his Irish background so oh, I can understand that unbelievable yeah, yeah. sponsored by Expressway with My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times? Visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook. You know, every now and again, somebody comes up with a record that transcends whatever your personal taste in, in music is, as, as you said. Um, but something comes up, and I'm talking here in particular about, do you want your old lobby washed down? 
Yeah. I mean, everybody in Ireland used to sing yeah. that. Everybody. And, you know, I, you, that's not new. Like, that was old music hall. That song was as old as the hills. Yeah, like. sure. Yeah. Do you know, like, my, my grandfather used to sing an old song, Do You Want Your Old Lobby Wash Down, Mrs. Brown, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. And then in Dublin, they used to sing, Do You Want Your Old Lobby Wash Down, Sunshine, you know. Yeah. And But it was a cork collector, you know, and um, it, that, 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 that took my attention to that because he said, Do you want your old lobby washed down? Con Shine, who wouldn't, Con Shine would be a man the same name as myself. Yeah, of course. You know. yeah. But the song was magic and it had that little, it had that, um, it had that catchphrase, you see, and it had the, the lilt that people would remember. Yeah. And it also had the little bit of, you know, what's it all about type of thing. Sure. And even to this day, they don't know whether you're washing, what you're washing. You know. <laughs> yeah. And but it was it was a magic song for me for the simple reason is that it broke it broke it broke me in uh, in, in 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 the BBC in England it crossed over to England and I even recorded it in German so it you know it had that umpa type point, yeah. type thing and it did it broke a lot of barriers down for me and you know it's probably the song everybody has a song that uh, that you'll probably take to the grave yeah and I probably the one your lobby was shown is the one even though I had great songs like sure. great number one so brain is up this to go three counties meet Abby Shrew turn out the lights down you know granddad you know where did you meet her all that but like the lobby is probably the one that that you'll probably do every night I know what you mean no matter yeah. where you go yeah. and you are still doing it and you're still yeah. uh, entertaining the crowds yeah I, I I have I kind of retired about about uh, about five or six years ago mm. I, I, I retired from the dancing scene yeah you know I had spent nearly 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 50 years at that so I pulled back from that completely and uh, just the occasional thing like we, we, we play in Killarney every we've been doing it for years and years for the summer and there is a bit of dancing involved people can sit down listen or they can or get dance, up and dance yeah. so I don't mind that my music is but as far as the five night a week or being out on the road the four nights a week in competition with other bands I don't do anything like that at all you know yeah. but I play at a lot of for the for instance we'll be doing the thing at the Shamrock Lodge here and that's kind of cabaret and dancing is where people want to get up and dance that's the way it should be I always believe that and it was my firm belief all my life that it doesn't matter about your music or what it sounds like or as long as the people are happy the people they're the bosses and if they want to stand on their head stand on their head sure. if yeah. they want to go down in a corner and turn their back and listen that way it still doesn't matter to me we'll do the same thing yeah. and in actual fact in terms of you've been on the road and I, I know what you're saying you, you've, you've toned it back a, yeah, uh, a, a little bit, bit yeah. but having said that as we speak here this evening yeah. I think you're playing tonight aren't you? I am I'm in I'm in I'm in doing a concert in, in Carrick and Shannon yeah. tonight in Lambert and Carrick and Shannon tomorrow night I'm in Donegal yeah. in Harvey's Point in Donegal yeah, I know what, yeah. you know and then I go to I go to I go to to Portugal on, on Monday for a week working with Paul Taffy tours yeah. and I've just come back from Declan Ernie's Declan Ernie's Hooli in the Sun which was a huge success and you know and then as soon as I come back I will be starting we'll be starting our Christmas shows here in, 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 in the Shamrock Lodge they're the afternoon shows which yeah. are very hugely successful and then I'm doing concerts I'm doing concerts with Mike Denver and, and both in November and January and February and up into April I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing support for, for Mike Denver who was who one of my favourite artists and yes. a very very good country artist and 
a wonderful band <clears throat> and uh, has a has a great great following sure. and uh, it's it's a pleasure that work kind of work <laughs> is a pleasure work isn't it isn't it fantastic to be involved in a, an industry in the business where you can you can be working away still and enjoying what you're doing still exactly. so much yeah. so many people maybe when they get to a certain point in their life they they're they get fed up what they're doing and they're happy to retire but no i never ha- do happy doing i never did i always enjoyed every night i ever performed or day i performed and did i did a i did a function last week in the, in the afternoon for a 50th anniversary people my own age you know and that was the most enjoyable gig but yeah. i enjoy every gig as a new gig i know every <coughs> every gig to me is an adventure it's a new one yeah. and the fact that you know i worked i you know i had i, I started with my father and uh, and and when I went uh, singing with the Cayley bands, and then when I started my own band in 1968, I had my brother and my younger brother in it. And my younger brother was there for I think um, he was 20 or 30 years there. He died at 44, mm. and tragically about 25 years ago. And then my daughter Emily came in and helped me out. So I've had I've had the family input, and of course my other daughter Philippa helps us out with the recordings and the backing tracks and all that kind of thing. Uh, so I've had family involvement all through my music yeah. and it has been a great help and I just kept a fellow very 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 level you know and isn't it lovely to have that family connection as well because yeah. I know the two girls they're, they're two successful professionals oh yes but they're still into the bit of music oh love it sure Emily Emily is a psychologist and she teaches across she teaches across the town here and all the girls school the Bower our ladies Bower yeah. and our two children are going there now and Philip is is, is a, a doctor in, in Galway yeah but they still they were rare do you see we brought them everywhere they they were reared. They were reared in, into the music. I know. They mean. love it, you know. And if I'm ever stuck for words, or if I'm ever stuck for a song that I hadn't sang maybe for forty or fifty years, all I do is ring one of the girls, and they'll tell me they'll, they'll <laughs> sing it for me. So which it's great. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Music obviously is a big passion in your life, but uh, it's not the only passion because you're into the farming and yep. a successful farmer. Yeah, I've been farming since my dad. I was the second youngest in the family, and uh, uh, my dad went back working, and I took an interest in the farm and I helped out when, at a very young age when my dad had to go work. And you know, I, I looked after the farm. Then after my dad died, my dad died over fifty years ago, mm. and I looked after the farm for my mother, and then I married Kathleen. My my wife, I married Kathleen in 1972, and she lived over in Topton Connell, and yeah. she had a farm over there. So between the two of us, we, we, we kept on farming. And then at one stage, Kathleen ran the Shines Bar in Athlone, which we ran for 21 years. But we still kept the farm and kept the farm very active. Now, I got out of the, the arable farming and the vegetables. I couldn't do that. So I became a beef farmer. Then we became an Angus. I became an Angus breeder, and we bred Angus for years. And uh, now I'm, become an, I'm an organic farmer. No. Yeah, we're organic now, and that's the way we should have been. That's the way we should have been uh, all our farming life. Uh, but mm. we were practically organic, even though we didn't have the status. Because uh, my my idea is very very much. I love the land, I love the earth, and I can't understand why people are going around spraying things. You know, you know, people go around before they before they cut the corn. They go out ten days before they cut the corn, and they spray it with Roundup. Yeah, you yeah. know, and then that goes straight into the food of chain. Of course, yeah. So yeah. which is, you know, mm. and we're all asking questions about why is there so much cancer and disease around? Yeah. So we're, we're we're eating it into I'm ourselves, sure I know, yeah. you know. And but so I I I I'm I, for my job down to the years, I always had to have enough food for my cattle 
that they could roam around because I could be gone for six weeks, I could be gone for eight weeks, of course. I could be gone for two or three weeks. So I had I had nobody to feed me cattle for me. So I always had to have enough land that would feed the cattle. Sure. So they, were, they just roamed around as organic cattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think we're beginning to move generally. Brenton, oh, yeah. in that direction yes, that's, that's those so. kind of things because I remember the same sort of thing spraying the potatoes back with what a bluestone was it or something yeah. like back in the day and all that too, which was great but I mean it was poisonous stuff you know there are other ways you see you see if you if you look back <coughs> we're interviewing here for a seniors magazine yeah. if you go back to the older people the older people didn't have any of those that's things, the point yeah. but they survived yeah. and they had food and they didn't starve yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. and they did they did get by yeah. people are too lazy to the right, and and people are very greedy. Yeah. They don't want to have they don't want to have fifty cattle. They yeah. want to have two hundred fifty yeah, yeah, cattle. Yeah, yeah. Whereas they can only feed maybe a hundred. Sure. Yeah. But by to feed that two hundred fifty, they have to pile on this loads of fertilizer, reseed every couple of years, and yeah. pay uh, an amount for artificial uh, yeah, feeding. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day. If they just fed, if they just fed the fifty cattle, they probably would have as just much out of it. As much out of it, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Back to the music for the moment. Uh, you've been still recording over the last couple of years. Yeah. And the last CD you did, there was La- was that Shine Shine Shine. Shine 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 was the last yeah. CD. Well, I did a CD before that. I did a song about my grandson. They called the Grand. The first time I heard him say Granddad. Yeah. Shine 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 was an album that uh, um, a chap wrote me that song and I couldn't I couldn't ignore it because with a title like Shine Shine Shine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was it. Not not the best song that was on it, but I had I did a lovely some lovely lovely songs on the CD and uh, you know uh, where did you meet her? I met her in the Galty Moor oh, and God, a lovely yeah. a lovely song called In Dreamy Anna Down, uh, which is a lovely. Galway song and I have Summer Holidays in Galway was written by a Galway man down there yeah. and uh, you know I have a big selection of music on it and uh, it's it's really I often said to people you know um, I, I, nothing really has changed for me on it. The roads have changed, the hotels have changed, the internet has changed. Yeah. Like, you know, instead of writing confirmations now you email somebody and things like that. But uh, Brendan Shine went down went off uh, professionally about 16 years of age with an accordion singing songs yeah and you know 59 years down the road Brendan Shine is getting into his car yeah. t- tonight and going to Carrick and Shannon with my accordion and singing songs I'm yeah. doing nothing really different I'm maybe doing them a little bit better maybe the better bands better surroundings sure. but the music still hasn't changed much I know and I get the impression that you have no intention of stopping this for a while yet well I, 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 a fella said to me when will you stop I said whenever the feet give up like and they can't <laughs> carry me uh, that's I suppose no I don't because I love I love I love my job I'm very very passionate for it I'm always looking for new songs yep. Fiji Murray has written, written me a new song at the moment another man down at Cork has sent me a new song and I'll be doing that when I get back into the studio now when things ease off a little bit and uh, you know I was talking he was saying what's the name of the song well I said it's the simplest song in the world and we're after going through COVID and the song is called It Costs Nothing to Be Nice mm. so everybody has to be nice to each other and down through the years I always found that if you're nice to people, it helps a lot. And it doesn't cost them to be nice. Sure. And I can tell you one thing the old saying was, the people you meet on the way up, you'll meet them on the way down. Yeah. And that is the truest thing of all time. I, I played it on the 50th anniversary last week. For The family had me for their, their treat for their, for their 50th anniversary, the father and mother. They were big fans of Brendan Jane. And uh, the family were very, very musical. And he says, one of the reasons that they were always became fans is that it was a set 
session and I'd loan one night and the kiddies he brought down the van brought down the kiddies to go play tin whistles and fiddles and things like that and he said Brendan Chain brought them up and he put them sitting down there with all the other musicians and they played and, and made much of them and they never ever forgot it yes and yes. they became very very famous musicians so it doesn't cost anything to be nice mm. but it pays in the end well Brendan we are thrilled that you're still out there entertaining people and I know that your fans are thrilled that you're doing that as well such well, a pleasure so. to talk to you thank you very much and thanks to yourself Michael she may not have been a beauty queen she might never be a rose but to me she is the fairest flower that in the garden grows